Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Time now for the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes. Well, when you have blues news, you want the opinion of one man, and that man is wearing a TMA, would you call it stocking hat? Cap. I go stocking cap. That's what I call it. You'd call it a toque, though, with all of your hockey. Either that. I always call it a beanie. There I am. Yeah, it's kind of, kind of cute. Kind of like adorable. Like, here I am in my beanie. I like that. Uh, I was out there. Uh, we were we were five seconds away, Jackson told me, from the Piddle show today. And what a perfect day for the Piddle show. Uh, but I was out there talking to Randy Carricker. I mean, it is it, this Craig Berube thing. I don't know. I Obviously, I don't know what they talked about in the opening drive. But I saw Randy Carricker out in the hallway as I was walking down from the TMA studio here to 101 ESPN. And I hadn't seen him all morning. Um, and I said, how surprised were you? Because, I mean, when it comes to, you know, sports knowledge um, and also St. Louis sports history, you know, I don't know if you can do any better. That's, yeah. that's not a shot at anybody. It's a compliment to Randy. You always got to put these disclaimers on media observations mm-hmm. on the off chance there's hashtag radio wars. Uh, and he said, completely stunned. Completely stunned. I woke up, whatever time I woke up, 5 o'clock, usually 5, 5, 10 and I had a text from someone, and this isn't, I know something you don't know. What, uh, what song is that from? It's from the year 2000. Oh, uh, that's Eminem? No. Ah, dang it. Why can't I know? I know I know the tune. Ride with me, Nelly. Yeah, there Think it about is. that. Yeah. Think about that. Uh, said, hey, if you want to break a story... I've got the information no one else has, uh, and I'm and then I wrote back because I hadn't looked at any news yet, and I go, sure. In my mind, I'm going, I won't break it anyway. I'll probably pass it along to somebody who breaks stories. I'm not interested in it. So then I start reading, and I of course now know what this person was going to let me know which is Craig Berube, had been fired. Now we had Jeremy Rutherford on Balloon Party. Oh, are you about to cue that up? Ooh, no, no, no I, I wasn't expecting you to, but you turned like you do when I'm about to set up a soundbite, which I wasn't trying to do. But what I was saying is we had Jeremy Rutherford on, on Balloon Party on Monday. And just for kind of the hell of it, I asked him if he thought Baruby or another member of the coaching staff could be vulnerable. And he wasn't dismissive of it, but it just wasn't something that he was necessarily expecting. He was with us on TMA. I know he was on the opening drive this morning as well, but he was on with us on TMA. He was completely stunned by it. I really respect his column on The Athletic this morning and respect what he said on both TMA, and I would imagine what he also said on the opening drive to to Randy, Kerry, Brooke, and and Rocchio, because... You know, he is not that he he mean he's at a point in his career he doesn't need to be doing the, you know, like me on Twitter stuff. But uh, you know, he is taking the side, so to speak, of the guy who's going out the door and he is going up against the guy who will be here. Mm-hmm. In other words, saying this was not Craig Berube, this was Doug Armstrong. We will hear from Doug Armstrong coming up at ten thirty, right here on one oh one ESPN. I can't wait to hear this. Uh, Jackson at around, I don't know, 5.50, 6 this morning, I texted you. You do know which soundbite I'm going to now. Yeah. We played this live when Doug Armstrong's last press conference was aired during Balloon Party in October. And I recall right when he said it, some people texted into the show going, what in the hell is this? And then some people liked it. 
but I, I loved it because it was setting the expectations for the season. I thought it was direct. I thought it was exactly what the Cardinals don't do. The Cardinals are currently in the midst of telling you that everything is fixed and they're ready to go and this team can win the World Series. And I'm sure most baseball fans are going, you got to be kidding me. But the Blues, I thought, at least were setting their expectations. I thought, this is so great because it's so honest. It's so transparent. But then, clearly, the goalposts have moved. Uh, here's what Doug Armstrong said back in October. Yeah, I think we should. We, You know, if you look at, uh, I'd love to get third place. I think that uh, if you, you know, I think third might be an easier thing uh, to get than, than one of the two wild card spots. So I, I think we should be competitive. But uh, again, it doesn't really matter what, what I think or what anyone thinks. It's what we're going to do. I, I think we should be competitive with with the groups with that uh, with that you know if you break the league into thirds I hope to be in the, in competitive with that middle third and I hope to be at the top end of that middle third that's our goal going in and then as you, as we all see every year you make the playoffs things happen goalies go on a heater the wrong guy gets hurt in the first round you get a bad call go against uh, you or you get a good call go against for you and, and you're, you're on to the second round and then everything changes so. Uh, I'm not quite as I'm not concerned about uh, about quite where we fit in the standing. Quite honestly, Jr. is is do we build that foundation back to where it was in the past, and can we start building something that has uh, to put us in the same spot where I say I where I personally view Colorado and Dallas now uh, with experienced players that have the pedigree and and have the perception that they should be winning championships. You know, where we have been there for the better part of a decade, we're not there today, and my goal is to to build this foundation to get back there as quick as possible. So there it was. Those were the expectations. Now, anytime in general, and I really do adhere to this, and I, I also recognize it, it is a disclaimer you can say with any opinion, unless it's something that you are involved in firsthand. But it is a principle that I really you know, want to drive home. Maybe there was something going on that we don't know, and it is not going to be talked about for years from now, or maybe ever. Um, Or maybe we'll hear about it in about 20 minutes live here on 101 ESPN when Doug Armstrong addresses the media. But on the surface from what we know, if those were the expectations and the Blues are where they are, I have no idea why Craig Berube is the one who loses his job. Now, you can say, well, you can't fire the players, might not be happy with Jordan Cairo's development, can't part ways with him. He's under contract forever. Um, but my goodness, the expectations were set. That's why when, you know, I'll say this, last year in the text inbox here on this show, we received... Hundreds, actually, it wouldn't even be dozens, hundreds of texts regarding Craig Berube's job security in October, November, December. Um, This year, I think I saw one on Monday, you know, and I don't know how many texts we get per show, I would guess in the 200 range. So that that wasn't it wasn't even really a talking point. Darren Drager had a report yesterday uh, afternoon about, you know, things had gotten so bad in St. Louis that if they don't change, management ownership will be forced to make a move. And I thought it was interesting on the ownership thing. And then I'm like, okay, well, what has gotten so bad? Because a week ago tonight, the Blues led the Vegas Golden Knights, the best team in the Western Conference, by two goals. And they were in the midst of going four games over 500. Had they won that game, now I realize they didn't, but to just show you how quickly this turned, they lose to that team. I don't think too many people are going, oh my God, I can't believe it. You got two or four points against them. Great. Just would have thought it would have probably been the other way around. You lose in Vegas, you win in St. Louis. But they lose the game against Vegas. And then they lose the games by giving up early goals to Columbus and Chicago. And certainly you're disappointed. No question about it, especially with the way things had gone. But it wasn't like Craig Berube, Craig Berube. It was... My God, this power play. They have just as many shorthanded goals as they have power play goals. Uh, Verana, certainly a focal point. Last night, I thought it was so poetic the way that that thing, and then in turn, Craig Berube's tenure came to an end, Jackson. Craig Berube pulls Jordan Biddington. Something that I know fans of Craig Berube's have said, God, I just don't like the way he pulls the goalie. And when he pulls the goalie and then they immediately give up an empty net or a one goal game is gone just like that. The Blues are on a power play. Oh, the power play of 2023-2024 season to date. And Jordan Cairo 
in a one-on-one battle on the boards with the empty net on the power play, loses possession of the puck, and the Red Wings go down and close the book on the Craig Berube era in St. Louis. The empty net, the power play, Jordan Cairo. Couldn't be more fitting. We'll talk about it more coming up, and then we'll have the Jug Armstrong press conference at 1030. This is 101 ESPN. This is Balloon Park. Back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back to Balloon Party 101 ESPN. Tim McKernan, Jackson Burkett with you. We will have the Blues press conference addressing the firing of Craig Berube coming up for you in 13 minutes right here on 101 ESPN. And of course, the 101 ESPN channel on YouTube. You can join in the conversation there. It is certainly very active this morning. Uh, A couple hundred people in there already talking it over. I'm curious here. And we, I want to make it as simple as possible because uh, I want to gauge the audience on 101 ESPN in particular because you're not going to find uh, a more passionate place uh, where Blues fans gather than the station that carries the Blues radio broadcasts. Uh, just as simple as this, texting in or in the YouTube chat, do you agree? And all you have to do is agree or disagree right disagree uh with the firing of craig Bruby. it's that simple agree or disagree so text it in 314-399-9646 air comfort service text line or in our air alliance team studio camera youtube chat agree or disagree i am very curious what the gauge is i can tell you from the tma texts uh this morning that i would say Around 90 to 95% would be in the disagree category. Um, And I also don't think that people are saying, hey, fire Doug Armstrong. I think people just kind of knew what this was this year. I would tell you this. I I said at the outset of today's show, Jackson, that uh, Randy Carricker and I were talking in the hallway, and he said he was stunned. Stunned. Like, he wasn't BSing. He was absolutely stunned. And I'm trying to, in 2023, it's so tough because of social media, because of people wanting to rush to like be the ones to say, well, I kind of told you this was going to happen for something to blindside you. The only thing that I can think of that would certainly be greater than this in 2023, and it wasn't a local story, but it was out the out of nowhere, Jay Monahan, Yasser Al-Ramayan, live PGA deal that may not wind up being a deal. We'll see how it plays out by December 31st. That's when they have to figure that out officially that took place back in June. Never been more surprised by something, I think, as far as sports goes while live on the air in my two plus decades of doing this. As far as St. Louis sports news that caught me off guard uh the mike schilt mm-hmm. firing um now on that one i i believe i don't know but it is an educated guess that that was a personal thing and i realized there was the philosophical differences thing that's that's been said but i think that was more personal on this one i don't know I, I don't I don't have full-fledged uh, theory for it just yet. Outside of it might be something we just don't know. I am certainly anxious to hear what Doug Armstrong says coming up here in about 10 minutes on 101 ESPN. Let me just take a gander at the Air Comfort Service text inbox. Sweet mother of mercy. I don't know if I see Anna Gree. I got one. I got one. Jackson, scroll with me, baby. Scroll with me. I mean, holy crap. At the beginning, Have you ever it was seen split. anything? Yeah, yeah, they were like the first five texts were split, and then ever since then, it's been disagree uh, across the board. Wow. Yeah. That, is, that is saying something. And I th- here's the other thing I think people are able to compartmentalize what took place in 2019 and also the caliber of the regular season that was going on before the pandemic in 2020. With what's going on now, the expectations are what set a coach's greatness, C.L.I. Drinkwitz being the SEC coach of the year because the expectations weren't high, mm-hmm. or a coach's downfall. Take your pick of whomever you would want to use, but if I'll still go college football and stay in the SEC, Jimbo Fisher and the amount of money he was being paid at College Station, Texas A&M. But the expectations in St. Louis were, ah, if they can get into the playoffs, great. Let's just see some development. And I just don't know what in the world has gone on that you go, oh, well, this clearly is just off the rails. It's bad. It's a losing streak. But 
it is not off the rails. So for the life of me, I don't understand it. I really don't. I'd be curious what people close, like alumni would be saying about this. Um, you know, and again, I know they're not going to say it on the air, but like if I were BSing with them off the air, because I just would want to get the perspective on it. Uh, I always talk about listening to Chris Kerber's podcast. I listen to it, you know, after every game. I think he does a hell of a job, him and Joey Vitale, um, you know, encapsulating the game and the sound and so on and so forth. And I got the sense that this caught them off guard, uh, that it's not necessarily something that they uh, agreed with. I realize that's a, a unique spot. You call a game, you do a podcast, and then moments later you find out, right. what you find out, that he is uh, out. But this is, this, is, this is Schiltian. And the one thing I would say with regards to Mike Schilt, and I think this is an important little piece of context because I think a lot of Cardinal fans hold him in high respect, Jackson. The fact that it took him all of 22, all of 23, and he will be a manager into 2024, it doesn't mean that he's a bad manager at all. So I want to make sure I emphasize that because I didn't think he was going to get fired. It wasn't even on my mind that he was going to get fired when he did. Um, but if he were held in higher esteem around baseball, he would have gotten a job sooner and for a team that isn't in the spot that the San Diego Padres are in. That is my opinion. Uh, anytime you have somebody bouncing around, you're like, I wonder why that person can't get a job, whether it be baseball, hockey, sports, business in general, whatever business you might be talking about, that usually tells you something. It might not be something that is public, but that, hey, that person isn't either as good as someone might think they are, or there might be some issues behind the scenes. So with that said, I would be shocked if Craig Berube wants to coach again in the NHL in the short term, if Craig Berube is not coaching again in the short term. Point being, I think he is held in that esteem for both the way he conducts himself, but also the job he did in St. Louis, not just in taking over a team that fired its coach early on in 2018, and not just for winning the Stanley Cup in 2019, but for the manner with which he's conducted himself throughout the process of what is now uh, a rebuild. And, you know, the Blues gave the Avalanche the best shot that they took throughout that Stanley Cup playoff. And who knows, if Kadri doesn't run Bennington, what winds up happening there? I'm just really, I'm, I'm truly stunned, and honestly, I'm disappointed. And I think the other thing that disappoints me is, whereas I kind of have an expectation that the Cardinals are going to, I'm going to use this more in a non-TMA way, because if I were on TMA, I would probably say, use their hand on me. Uh, you know, kind of BS you. Yeah. You kind of go, it's what they do. Oh, Kyle Gibson and Lance Lynn, here they come. That's not the way I look at the Blues. We always talk about the way that the Blues have credibility with people and the Cardinals have lost theirs. This, that's a different set, set of circumstances this morning, and that's why it's a little disappointing. Uh, Jackson, I know we're going to have this uh, press conference from Doug Armstrong, and uh, I am looking forward to hearing what he has to say. People will be able to watch it, not the actual press conference. We can watch on 101 ESPN's YouTube channel, and we will be playing it here on 101 ESPN. It is coming your way at approximately 1030. Uh, I've been in the midst of a monologue this entire time. Uh, anything you need to say, want to say, what do we have going on? I think it's just best to break before so we can introduce the press conference on the other side of the break. All right, that's what we shall do. Uh, Doug Armstrong press conference on the Bruby firing coming up on the other side of the break. This is Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. 
Welcome back. Balloon Party. Tim McKernan, Jackson Burkett with you. And we will have the Doug Armstrong press conference addressing the firing of Craig Berube in a matter of moments. Live here on 101 ESPN and the 101 ESPN YouTube channel. And you can participate in the discussion. 350 people uh, are in that YouTube chat right now. So if you want to talk it over, that is going on. Jackson, do we have the press conference? It looks like it is about to begin here. Uh, any moment is just a uh, change over from the graphic of we are about to begin to uh, Blues Live press conference, so it should be starting here any moment. I might have been too quick on the draw there on the beginning part of it, but it looks like Doug Armstrong is about to take the press Okay, stand. so point at me as, as soon as it does begin uh, to uh, go back to uh, the poll that uh, we took here on 101 ESPN in the previous segment. I would say about 97% of the texts that came in say they disagree with the firing. How often do you have that when a coach gets fired, by the way? Right. That at 97% on the station that carries the team. So again, this isn't like casual fans, you know, who are listening to a, you know, music station or something. These this is a sports talk station in St. Louis and 97% I would tell you from the text inbox say they disagree with the firing. That is one hell of a commentary on the uh, surprise that this news has brought St. Louis Blues fans and also the support that Craig Berube has from St. Louis Blues fans. And that is why what Doug Armstrong is about to say is certainly going to be listened to by many, many people quite closely. Drew Bannister is taking over in the interim. Uh, He is someone who has coached a lot of the young players on the Blues. I don't think that that is a coincidence. I think if you would have been told a year ago that Craig Berube is not the head coach, many would have assumed that Steve Ott, would be the head coach. But considering Steve Ott is uh, the coach of the power play, they did not go with Steve Ott. Steve Ott's still on the staff, but Drew Bannister comes from Springfield and has coached a number of the Blues' younger players. Hell, he's coached Jordan Bennington, as a matter of fact. And so he takes over for Craig Berube. He will make his debut behind the Blues bench tomorrow night. Blues and Senators at Enterprise Center, and that gets underway with pregame at 6 p.m. Ladies and gentlemen, we now go to Centene for Doug Armstrong talking Craig Berube's firing here on 101 ESPN. On the interim basis and serve as head coach starting at tomorrow's game, uh, I will start the process of looking for a permanent uh, replacement. Uh, There's no timeline on that, and there will be no updates on that as I'm going through it. It We'll announce it when we announce it. Uh, We went through this five or six years ago. And, uh, um, you know, if, if good play will we'll dictate uh, a lot of things. Uh, bad play will dictate a lot of things. Uh, at the player level, at, at, at all levels of our organization. Uh, obviously, I'd like to thank Craig. Uh, he, he and I started to work together in 2016. Uh, he came in as a, a coach of our American Hockey League affiliated team. Came up here as an associate coach. Help write a ship uh, and take it to a championship. We we built a friendship over the years, and it's difficult to to have that talk with him last night. Uh, he's a true professional. Uh, we we talked a little bit. We had a beer. We reminisced for a second, uh, and now my job is to move forward and. Um, Craig Craig will now regroup, and he'll land on his feet. He, he's too good of a coach not to be in this league, and uh, I feel personally responsible for the situation that we're in, and I also hope that the, the people that I just talked to feel personally responsible too. If they don't, that that's that that's their decision. But uh, it's not it's not a great day, but it's a it's a new day, and now we move forward. I can answer any questions that anyone may have. Um, you said you want to go to the game last night thinking if things didn't go the Blues way that maybe a coaching change was coming. Uh, I, I, I would say that I haven't really slept much since the Columbus game. Uh, then the Chicago game was a sleepless night. And then you hope that the Detroit game will be different. But your mind is starting to work when you're when you're everybody's homecoming game, you know, it's a, it's not a good feeling. And um, the last three games, I shared it 
I think with the leadership group that when you when you get up and you read the clippings the next day and and uh, the players from the opposition the coaches are what a character win what a gutsy win I can't believe we did that last night we're undermanned we played the night before against a rested team so if they feel that way about their performance <laughs> how would we feel about our performance not I personally didn't feel well about our performance and you, you try and extend someone you have as much respect for and Craig as much latitude and, and rope as possible but last night's game against a depleted Detroit team that was tired looked a lot like a depleted Columbus team that was tired and a depleted Chicago team and there just wasn't a feeling that there was something that was going to change today if we just came in and went back to work that would make tomorrow different. Now, I don't know if tomorrow is going to be different. I just know one of the things that has been removed from the equation that, that we can focus on it was the head coach. And now the, the, everything, when, when you make that change, everything gets, you know, we're getting now to the center of the hourglass. And that, that's myself, that's, and that's the players. You said you feel personally responsible. What do you specifically feel personally responsible for? Well, that, that, we're, that we're not a successful franchise. Uh, again, the, these are things that you, you, you contemplate as, as, you, as you're with an organization. You, you come to an organization because you want to you make it better and you want to leave it in a better spot. When I got here in 08, you know, we were better for a long time. Uh, if I get fired in the next hour or I get hit by a bus in the next hour, I don't feel today I've left it any better than where I found it. And, that, and that's an awful feeling. Entering the season, you kind of knew this was going to be a retool, rebuild uh, up until last week, you're going to play off the bus. What more would you have wanted from, from Craig? Uh, not, not from Craig. This isn't a. Ref uh, what I would have liked to seen from our team was a more consistent game. It's uncomfortable when you go to the arena every night and you're not really sure what your team is going to look like. You're not really sure what to expect. That's something that we haven't felt here for a long time. Uh, I, I don't want to dwell on last year. Uh, but la so last year we, we entered the season with the glass half full thinking it's the last dance. You know, we, we've got veteran players on one-year deals and they're going to go, go out with a blaze of glory and we just didn't find any footing, you know, and, and so we made changes. But if you look at the last 82 games plus however many this year, 110-ish games, like – our power plays at or near the bottom. Our penalty kill is at or near the bottom. And our point total is at or near the bottom. At some point, you have to make changes. And it, it's not something I wanted to do. It's not something that I, that I wanted to start the season in uh, or, or having to do. But it's, a, it's an area where we find ourselves that, you know, the definition of insanity, keep doing the same thing and think things are going to change. And it cost, it cost a great man his, his, his role on the team to be, because things weren't changing. Doug, you always hear a message gets stale or it's time for a new voice. How do you gauge that? You talk to players, how do you know if that's indeed true? Well, I would say by what you see on the ice, that, that's, that's the, the greatest indicator. Uh, Craig and I, like all managers, we talk every day. And I was in Europe for two weeks and we would talk and what's the message going to be today? And I always loved the message. And then I would set my alarm for 3 a.m. and I get up and watch the game. And what the message was wasn't transpiring on the ice. And, and I look at games over the last little while and, and the two games that come to, to the forefront for me were the Phoenix game and the Buffalo game where 
We outscored the opposition, but we didn't win the game. If that makes any sense. Like, we outscored who we played, but you didn't walk away saying, we outplayed that team. We won that game. And there was more nights than not where I felt we didn't win the game. You're, you're, you're going to be the better team in this league and lose. That happens. Goalies get up, stand on their head. Pucks hit a shaft. Pucks hit a, a post. Things just go your way. But we didn't win enough small battles during a game to win enough games. Not by the score, but by, but by the, the eye test of you were a better team. Just to clarify, though, you, did you speak with any of the players about what they were hearing on the receiving end of the message and whether that was translated? No. No. I, the, the player's job is to play. My job is to observe and, and, and react. Uh, no, I, I... No. No, I, I, I don't want to... The players didn't come in and say, fire Craig Berube and we'll be better. Doug, you mentioned it's fair, is it fair to critique the collective DNA, whether it's Petro, Perron, O'Reilly, even Barbie, all these guys who are gone, is the team lost a little bit of that grit that was the identity for a while? Yeah, yeah, it, it has. And, and there's been attrition just because that, that's the way the salary cap works. And uh, some players we, we, we tried very hard to keep and it didn't work out, and some players we didn't try that hard to keep, and it didn't work out. Uh, but that that's around the league. That happens everywhere. Uh, I, I, I get let's keep the band together till 2040. It doesn't work that way. And so we, we, we've moved on. And uh, But there's a responsibility of the guys that are here to continue that, and that's where I go back to I don't believe, as I say today, that I'm leaving this. Right now this group isn't better than when I found it. And if I feel that way, I assume the players in the room that weren't here for the glory have to feel even worse. Doug, I know you said this isn't about last year, it's about the current team. But last November you said that Ruby is a good coach, makes younger players better, veteran players win, and the coach wasn't the problem. Just what do you believe has changed since then? Well, uh, we, were, we, were, we were a team that was expected to be good with veteran players. That he had that he had gotten the most out of. We had again 110 points the year before, and we're talking what was that? Be four or five weeks into the season, you know. So what what has changed? A year has changed. A year of information has changed. We got the uh, you mentioned the special teams and how they let this team down. What do you expect now from Drew coming in, and, and do you expect some of those responsibilities to change? among your assistants and, and did you consider making changes across the board with the staff or you know how'd you look at that uh i have made a change uh i haven't really told anybody but uh brad richards uh, i talked to he's he he came on board a few days ago uh he's going to work as a consultant for us from a distance he'll wake up in the morning and see our power play clips uh, he'll talk to to Steve Odd, who runs the power play, about what they're seeing. It's just it's just another avenue and another voice from the outside. Sometimes you you can't see the forest for the tree, and I'm hoping Brad can bring in a, a different perspective. Obviously, a a great player, uh, a champion, a player that excelled on the power play, uh, and it might not work. I don't know, but but doing nothing didn't seem like the right the right uh, avenue. Now, I'm sure Drew's going to come in with different ideas. You know, uh, I'm not, my job is not to tell Drew how to organize his staff. That's Drew's job to organize his staff. Um, and he'll, he'll work with the guys and he'll, I'm not, I'm not trying to pass the buck, Andy, but uh, I'm going to tell him what I see and then he's going to have to make the decisions he thinks to make it better. Doug, you call this a retool, you said call it yeah. re-whatever. Does this move signify a change in terms of retool versus rebuild or where you are in that process? No, it's refocus now. In, in, in the, we don't, as I said, our ebbs and flows are, are too great. I, I know the talent level on this team. I know the talent level that Colorado has. I know the talent level we have. There, there, there's a half a letter grade to a letter grade different. 
they have how many first, how many top five overall picks on their team? They should be good. It's their turn to be good. But if you get to the postseason, you can beat them. We almost did a couple of years ago. Maybe we might have if there wasn't uh, injuries play part of the game. But injuries could happen to, if we get into the playoffs, they could happen to whoever we play in the first round too. So this, this is more of a, a refocus that the way we play the game right now isn't good enough on a nightly basis. You know, you the ebbs and flows of our game are too emotional. We're, we're you, you, you can't give up. Like one turns into three, where one turns into one on a lot of good teams. One goal against turns into three goals against. With our group right now, and over the last little while, too often. We saw it last night. You, how many? You know, we saw it against Vegas at home, three-one and. And when, when something bad happens, we didn't have we don't have the ability to 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 change that flow, to stop that and move it the other direction. It builds and compounds and compounds. And then you get to a point where you fool yourself. Well, I shouldn't say where where people may get fooled is that yeah, but the shot totals were close. Well, when the game when when it, the opposition in my opinion is up by two goals, the game's over. You can come back on those games, but don't take a lot of credit because you had twice as many shots when you're up by two goals. That's fool's gold. That's loser. That's losers hockey. That's the mentality. Like, like I can't wait to go down by three, so now I can just play the way I want. And that's what we talk about. Three one, you know, or four one becomes four two. They pull the goalie. It's five two. Another guy gets a goal. Five three. And the wrong guys say to themselves, well, I had one and one. That was a good night. Well, they're wrong. That's not a good night. Along the lines of the retool that Brandon asked about, you have a plan to be competitive while you do this. You've stated that clearly. Is it as feasible as you thought it was going into this year now that you've seen 28 games? Can you continue down the path that you're going? Well, I I think that we have a higher level. I I think we're a better team than, than our our play indicates. I don't know if we're a better team than our record indicates. I really don't. But I know we're a better team than our play indicates. And I think those ebbs and flows are, are what I'm looking to to minimize. And then, you know what? If we're not good enough, we're not good enough. But I, I arrogance, ignorance, I can't believe that anyone could put up those last three rosters that we played and our rosters and think we should lose all three of those games. When you talk about the desire to make a change, how do you weigh whether that's a roster change or whether it is ultimately a coaching change? Roster changes are hard to make. That's not, I, I, I'm not, I, I've talked to teams. I, I've seen what, what's out there. I've seen what, what you're able to do. Uh, you know, no, no, nobody, nobody should feel safe in in our group right now. <laughs> I, I, I mean, a player-wise, management-wise, obviously the coach, the coach has been changed. Uh, it, it's, it's, if if we could move, you know, chairs on the Titanic, I guess we would. It's harder to do. So, it, it, this wasn't a decision that was made. The players are doing their best. We just got a bad coach. That that's by far not how I feel. I know the players have said in the past that coaching wasn't the problem; it was intensity and compete. What has been their response to this move? I assume you've talked to them. What have, what have you said to them, and what's your message to them? Well, I I, I think again, ha- having been removed from the white noise for a couple of weeks in Europe, it's it's not something that you want to hear as a manager that we just didn't prepare to play tonight or we just didn't have it tonight. Like that's, there's, there's things in, in your career and your job every day and your life every day that you control and preparing to work is one of them and working hard is the other. I don't care what you do it for a living. So when you, when you, when you face people that ask you that question and say, yeah, just didn't prepare today. wasn't, wasn't, you know, just didn't have it today. And you say it time and time and time again. It gets people's attention. It got my attention. 
would you categorize Greg's reaction? Was he surprised at all? Any relief maybe when it's not working? No, no, no relief. He's a competitor. There's, there's as, I, as I said, I waited till the dust settled uh, after the game last night. I went in, I closed the door, we had a beer. He said, I'm not, I, I get it. You know, we talked about, I thanked him for everything that he's done for me personally, everything he's done for the organization. Uh, Craig's been in the NHL a long time. Uh, he's not Joe Sackick. He didn't get drafted by one team and stay with one team and then manage one team and retire with one team. He had, he had a great playing career with multiple destinations. He's coached in multiple places. I think he understands that we're all in management and coaching just one day closer to getting that phone call you don't want to get. But I, I think when he, I, I know he, 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 he didn't want the information, but I don't think he was shocked that we had, to, we had that the, that is the decision was made that was out of his control. When did you talk to Tom Stillman and what was his reaction to what you're saying? Uh, I, I talk to Tom all the time. I don't want to get into specifics. Obviously, I, I don't make this decision without uh, his knowledge and his support. Uh, but I think, you know, a, a timeline isn't, isn't something that I need to share with people for I mean, Tom and I. What do you want in, a, in your next head coach? Is, is, is prior NHL head coaching experience important? What, what are you looking for? Uh, I, I'm going to be wide open. I'm going to be open-minded on that. Uh, what what we want to stress as we're going through whatever we're going through now is a, a level of compete and a level of accountability. And whoever, starting with Drew tomorrow night, that's his mandate: accountability and compete. And those will be. That can come with a guy that's never coached a game in the NHL, or that can come with a guy with a thousand games in the NHL. But it has to be that has to be at the forefront of, of what what I think will help us turn this around. Perhaps you can find a guy who brings you both. But how, has, how is the say it again? <laughs> he has to bring us both. How do you balance finding a person who can come in and get the most out of your current roster? but also looking for somebody who can be the best for your future with all these young assets. Well, it, it's gonna, that's going to be the relationship that we talk about is, is what's your vision on making younger players better and, and holding them accountable and, and getting the best out of current players. It's not an easy job, but it's not an impossible job. Again, I'm not bringing somebody in to say, I, I want you to develop all these guys that we drafted last year, next year, and oh, by the way, I expect to win the cup too. <laughs> like, it, you know, there, there's, there's gonna be give and take, but what we don't have to give and take on is our accountability to each other. And that, that, that is player-driven, management-observed. Do you look at this roster? being good enough to make a playoff team? Is this a playoff roster? Yeah. I mean, but we're also not a playoff. Like, I, I don't know any. Like, when, when I said where I think we fit in with the other teams, I think we fit in there. You know, I, I you know, do, maybe, maybe I, I shouldn't believe in the guys as much as I believe in them and their resumes and what they've done. But I look around the league. Like, uh, there's some teams that, that are ahead of us right now that I don't look on paper and say, wow. Like, we have no chance to compete with them. You know, maybe the three or four teams at the top of the league, but not not the, the whole league. Doug, when a move like this happens, a lot of the focus is on the highest paid players on the team. How would you evaluate the performance so far this year from Thomas and Kyra? Uh, well, well, Jordan's not scoring to the level that he's, he's paid to score at. Uh, you know, it'd be disingenuous to say that, that he is. He's getting chances, and, and, and you can go, you know, the chances will turn into goals at some point. Um, so Jordan, there's, there's a different level for Jordan. He knows it. We all know it. He'll get to it. I, I believe he'll get to it. Uh, I, I would say it's hard, it's hard to not like what Robert's done most of the year. Like, plays against the other team's top players, top scorer, kills penalties, 
decent on face-offs. Uh, cares, like you know, but but so Robert and Jordan, they're like again. I'm I'm not here to throw Jordan Kyrie under the bus by any stretch, but he, this wouldn't be if he envisioned where do I want to be at this point in the year. He wouldn't say that, that, that I'm right where I want to be. And our, our job is now to get him where he wants to get to. Are you confident you can get it back on track? You talk about it not being as good as you wanted it to be better when you got here. Are you confident you can fix this? Yeah, um, in my own abilities. Yeah, I, I am confident that I that that I can get. I, I I know what we need to do, what we need to look like, you know. And and again, to me, it's not just based on wins and losses. It's it's based on. Like St. Louis, they're smart. You know, the, the the fans are smart. They know when they leave the building whether they got their money's worth. It's not hard, you know. And we got to give them their money's worth on a more consistent effort. And if you're going to take two and a half hours out of your night to turn on a hockey game, you should be you should feel that it's worth your while. And I, I don't think we do that enough right now, and we don't do it long enough in games. And that's... That's not that's that's not a winning brand of hockey, and that's not a winning culture for an organization. You mentioned that no one in the organization should feel safe. Do you personally feel worried about your job security? No, I mean I don't control that. So again, I'm a big believer, and you just control what you can control. So if if I my direction to the players is, you can control if you come to work today and how hard you work, and your attitude towards your teammates. Well, I I can control if I what my attitude is when I get to work. I can control how hard I work when I'm here. I can control my schedule on, do I, do I go out and do my job or do I sit at home? I, I believe in my, I, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna work as hard as I can until I'm told no longer to work here. Is Drew the interim coach for the rest of the season? No, no, it's, it's uh, uh, as I said, I'm not gonna have weekly updates. He, he's. I'm going to get to know Drew, and as I'm getting to know Drew, I'm going to, I'm going to see what's going on around the league. I'm not going to rush into anything, and Drew knows that. It's, it's his job to come in here and, and do what Craig did the last time he was, he was here. You know, all of a sudden, he became the front runner, and he became the runner, and he became the man. Is he a candidate for the job, and how did you come to that decision to turn things over to him? Uh, he, as I said, he's a candidate for the job because the job's wide open. Uh, uh, when, when, I, when I looked at our, our, our current staff, we didn't have anyone that had head coaching experience on that staff. And it's a different animal being a head coach than an assistant coach. There's dealing with, with, with you fine people every day. Uh, deal, there's, there's just different things and, and I just felt that Drew's done this in the Ontario Hockey League he's done this in the American Hockey League he's, he's put in the foundational groundwork to be given this opportunity and he was willing to, to, to bet on himself but yeah I'll come in on a short term I'll come in on an intern basis and I'll show what I can do to go out and think that I could go to Coach X, you put the name there and say, yeah, do, do you want to come in and I'll give you four months? They're going to say, I think I'll take a hard pass on that. <laughs> so it, it, it's the situation that we're in, and Drew, Drew's excited about the opportunity, and then that filters down. Daniel Tuchuk's excited about the opportunity to take Springfield. Like it, you know, one does, one door opens. Now we'll, we'll find out how we all do. So there's been a system change and a coaching change for that unit defensively. We've met over the summer. He talked about it could be a one-off with what happened last year. could be something that is a little bit more than that. How do you evaluate what your defensive core has looked like so far this season? Well, I, I would say our team is inconsistent. Their better games this year look like look better than their better games last year. You know, if that if that makes any sense, like uh, I, I've seen, I, I've seen a resurgence in, in in and the numbers might not dictate Tory Krug, like Tory Krug might be one of the most competitive players we have on a nightly basis. 
people may agree or disagree or but I, I just see a guy that comes in now and, and, and he's maximizing what he can do. I think Colton Perenko has has proven to to I don't know I don't know if he's proven anything to people in St. Louis. He's proven to people around the league like he was an Olympic candidate for Canada for a reason. He, he's playing to that caliber of hockey now. So I and there's other guys that aren't playing to the caliber that so there there's I've seen better play f- from more guys than I saw better play from last year. Uh, but when our team game suffers, they're the ones that look the worst. Them and the goalie look the worst. And our variance on a nightly basis is, is what's concerning. Doug, if you don't like what you see the rest of the year, are you confident in your ability to make some moves considering the contract situation? Yeah, yeah, and, and these aren't threats. I mean, threat. who cares about threats? There, there's, there's a reason. I don't want to say this correctly. You know, I'm not against buying players out. You know, it's not, it's not something that you feel is, is your first course of action. But I'm also not against if players aren't pulling their weight, they go to the American Hockey League. That, that, you know, that, that's. And if we have to put players in the American Hockey League, 31 other teams get to decide. Are they worth that amount of money? And what's going to happen is if we get to that point, it'll be some teams like the player that can't afford them, and then we go to work and see if we can <coughs> find a way to, to, to make it work for everybody. But really, nothing can be off the table as far as responses now for, for, for management. No, what we've decided to do there is we have a, 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 a strong development staff with Chris Thorburn, Matt D'Agostini, Glenn Wesley, uh, and Stewie as the goalie coach. We have enough. Those guys are in there. We have somebody in there every week with those guys. So those guys will serve as the second assistant. I, I'm not looking to reinvent the wheel. There's a comfort level with those guys. So they can go out. Like Glenn, for the runs the D, he can go out and, and watch the D as he's doing that. And then his week there, he'll jump on the ice and behind the bench. And uh, I guess if they're listening, this is the first they're hearing about that. But uh, <laughs> this will be part of their job responsibilities moving forward. Doug, it's obvious Chief and, and Jacob Verona, they weren't on the same page. If, if Verona clears today, will he go down or will he stay? Uh, yes, he'll go down. Yeah. Doug, you had a strong group of veterans in 2019 the last time this happened. Just how important is it for these veterans and older guys to step up and kind of take the reins in the locker room right now? Well, that you, you, what, what you would like to see is the accountability factor, you know, on what they believe is their responsibility <laughs> and what they don't believe is their responsibility. <coughs> Excuse me. Some will feel that that wasn't my area, like that, and some will feel they let the guy down. You know, I, I, I believe I believe in the leadership. I believe in certain players. But I always go back to it. Nobody really cares what I believe. It's what they do. And we're going to find out what they do starting tomorrow night. So you, had, you had a fire hit, but famously you guys stayed friends over the years. So you can envision that with Chief too over the years. Is that unique to hockey? Where most places you get fired, you never talk to the guy. I would assume we'll stay friends. <laughs> Again, it, from my perspective, we'll stay friends. No, I'm not changing addresses either. You know, uh, when I got fired in Dallas, I stayed friends with Mr. Hicks. I thought he he was a he's a really good man, and he gave me a great opportunity, and he made a business decision. It didn't like he wasn't a good guy on Tuesday, and he fired me, and he became a bad guy Wednesday. There was enough equity built up that he made a decision. My view of Craig is not going to change, but my view on Craig was never based on was he a good or a bad hockey coach. You know, that was a benefit. You know, that's how we got to meet each other. But, but I, you know, my view on Craig is him as a man and as a person and, as, and that, that, that won't change. Now, I, again, I can't speak for him, but you're asking me, it, nothing will change as far as our, my personal relationship with him moving forward. And that's all I can answer is for myself. Why didn't it work for him this season? Well, what led to the decision was I, I, I came in after the, would have been the Chicago game. 
we had a day off and I came in and his name wasn't on the board to, to play last night. And I've talked to the player, I've talked to the representative and there, there becomes a, a point where you, f you start to feel like you're hampering a guy's career. You know, you're, he wants to play hockey and, I, and it wasn't working here for whatever reason. And I just felt, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see if I can find you a new home where you're going to get that fresh opportunity to play. I, we've done that in the past with different guys that have come to me and said, I'm not playing enough. I have a career. Can you help me? And my, my job is to say, yes, I'll help you, or no, I don't care. Like, you're more important to me sitting in the stands than you are. And a lot of the players that, that, that move on in those situations are because it's a, it's a joint decision and you're, you're trying to help someone's career or, or not, not help their career. You're not trying to derail their career. So it felt like we were derailing Jacob's career. <clears throat> and I wanted to give him the, I hope, I, hopefully he gets claimed today. And, and I hope he goes and he plays well somewhere. Like, I don't get any benefit of guys not playing good. Well, like what, I, I, you know, obviously I wish Waldman and Fabry didn't score last night, but I, I root for him. You know, well, they're, they're good people. <laughs> I like them. I want to see them have success, you know? Like David Perron and I talked last night. He sat with me for a while. Like, the, the, it, it's part of the business. It doesn't make people good or bad people. It's just part of the business. Doug, you mentioned earlier how smart Blues fans are, but there is a portion of the fan base this morning that is saying, you drafted these guys, you signed the players on this roster. What is your message to those fans today? Uh... That I that I believe in in, in these players, uh, you know my my name is on everyone's contract, Craig's contract, the coaches' contracts, the scouts' contracts, the trainers' contracts, and the players' contracts. So this is my problem. Now, I believe that with a a change may spark a, a different result. Uh, and again, I think they're smart enough to realize what the what a different result looks like. And it doesn't have to be a win and a loss. And that's what I'll be judged on. And I, I believe I believe in my ability to manage hockey teams. I believe in the knowledge I've accumulated over 30 years. And I'm, ex you know, you, you don't sleep last night, but I'm excited to go back to work today. That's, and I'm excited to work here until they tell me not to work here. That's, that's just sort of what we sign up for it. And... I'm going to do that until they tell me not to. But I believe in myself, and that's that's all I can say is whether pe other people believe me or not. I, again, I can't control that, so I, I don't get consumed by it. What was your conversation with Drew Bannister like, and did you give him any sort of expectations of what you want to see from the team going into the season? Yeah, I talked to him last night after the game. I told him I was going to go down and talk to Craig after I had made a decision. I said, <clears throat> do you want the opportunity? And what I'm looking for is increased passion and increased accountability and he said I'm up for the challenge I've, I've, I've coached my whole life to get this opportunity and I'm going to make the most of it it's the nature of the business either you ride off into the sunset or most coaches have a day like this how do you hope St. Louis remembers Craig Murphy's tenure as head coach I guarantee I know how they're going to remember it <laughs> I don't have to think he, he's, he's the guy that righted the ship that brought us the Stanley Cup and Again, I don't vote for who goes in the Blues Hall of Fame, uh, or maybe I do. I can't even remember. <laughs> but, but he he's on my ballot. You know, he he's done something that great coaches before before him have never been able to do, and not only to do it for a year. The next year we were a top team. Self-serving, I throw out the COVID year. It was a joke. You know, we played seven teams, and you know. And then the next year we came back with 110 points. So he goes, Stanley Cup, top team in the league, toss away the COVID year, 110 points. It's a pretty good record. It's a lot of wins. And so we're, we're, all, we're all remembered today by what we did yesterday. But in, in a year or in a month or maybe by the end of the weekend, Craig Brewery won't be remembered what happened against the Red Wings. It'll be remembered what happened 
in the five years prior to that. Okay. Thanks. Sorry. Thanks, everybody. There it is, Craig Berube's termination as described through the eyes of the man who delivered the news last night over a beer. Doug Armstrong giving his thoughts for the firing of Craig Berube. Your thoughts on what he had to say, 314-399-9646. BK and Ferrario will be coming up next to give theirs. That is coming your way on BK and Ferrario. For Jackson Burkett, I'm Tim McKernan. This has been Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.